0: you're listening to two guys talking wine with michael pincus and andre prue michael andre i can't believe we're in lockdown again i can
1: i I, i'm in toronto we've never been out of lockdown
0: oh you guys (laughs) you guys should just be permanently strapped to a radiator no kidding uh did you have a good holidays do you know what i i really i really can't complain I have, I have a wine cellar full of booze, I got a freezer full of meat, um, and uh, I tried some new recipes, so. How many different
1: versions of uh, egg roll in a bowl did you figure out?
0: Do you know what? I continue to use either chicken or turkey, but I did find, as I said, I got a freezer full of meat. I found some ground pork, so I think it's time to, to pull that out I as an idea. ground
1: pork in that.
0: Um,
1: did you drink anything super special over the holidays? Uh
0: do you know what? I, I did. I really did. And I've got I got some pictures. So let me give me uh give me a moment. Uh I will pull pull out uh a few of those cool bottles that I found. Uh I'll, to... I'll start while you're pulling that up. Um I
1: oh, I got a chance to open up a bottle of Krug on Boxing Day with uh with my bubble. We'd been setting some money aside for when we could get together again and you know as I said in our Toronto Life column, if there is ever a year to drink crew gets one when you don't have to share it with a bunch of people.
0: Yes. Um I went a little lower in the <laughs> in the spectrum. <laughs> so, um I I found a bottle in in my wine cellar of uh Don David Malbec, okay? Which is from uh, L's Deco Winery. Okay? And um I, I, this, this thing was a 2006 and I, I have to be honest with you, Andre, I had like no hope for it whatsoever. Yes. And I was like, I'm, I, I basically drank the, I opened it and, and took the first few sips by the sink thinking I was going to dump it as soon as possible. And I drank the whole bottle. It was an absolute delight. That sounds excellent.
2: And um now that's th-
0: for a bottle, I guess, at the time, would have been 14 bucks.
1: Well, now that we're done kind of doing the quick recap of what we did over the holidays, we're on to uh, some new content here. Um, we realized that we really didn't do a proper roundup of uh, what harvest was like 2020 or what the summer, summer was like. And uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, doing the, um, the tour of Ontario from our living rooms. And and this week,
0: we are going to start with, obviously, Ontario's biggest region, Niagara. And we're thrilled to uh, uh, bring in, uh, like, a first-timer. I can't believe a virgin to the podcast. I'm shocked that we've never had this guy on.
1: No, we've got uh, Richie Roberts from Fielding.
0: Hey, guys, how's it going? Richie, how long have you been with Fielding? Let's start there.
2: Uh, it's been 13 years now uh, since I joined Fielding.
0: Holy. I think the last time I spoke to you it was 10. Where have we, where have we been?
2: I've been keeping off the radar as much as possible, I guess.
0: <laughs> Which is unfortunate because
1: Fielding does make some great wines. I think for myself famously, it's the, sorry, it's the rock pile red, right? That's the Franck Merlot blend.
2: You've got it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, we fly under the radar for a lot of things, I think. But I think when people like to think of fairly consistent wines from Niagara, uh, I hope we come top of mind on those.
0: Look, look, chosen few is always a good wine too. It's a it's a limited edition wine, but always always a good one. I
1: know, and that well, and that rock pile red actually inspired my entire piece for Quench. I wrote a couple of years ago about the Bordeaux style blends from Niagara in the twenty five dollar and under. Category thought, and the it,
0: I I thought that was the uh, organized crime wine. No, organized crime
1: was just it was a standout. Like obviously, oh. Rockpile was really great, but that was the one where the organized crime one was just like you know soared above it. So, sorry, sorry to, uh, to 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 kind of go a little off topic, but we want to talk no. about twenty twenty.
0: Just to go a little off topic yeah. too, it's one of the few Pinot Gris that's really good too. That Rockpile Pinot Gris that Richie makes is
2: some good Pinot Gris. Thanks, guys. I'm blushing here, although you can't see. <laughs>
0: All right, so yeah, we want to talk. Uh, See, so Richie, uh, you were you were telling us before we got uh, on the mic that, uh, or onto onto tape anyway, uh, about the different regions that you guys pick grapes from and the grape varieties that you grab. So why don't you tell us about where you're grabbing grapes from, and then we'll start asking you about about harvest.
2: Yeah, sure. So we cover you know a pretty broad range of varietals that we do in Niagara, um, everything, and we do everything between, you know, sparkling wines and ice wine. Uh, Our focus is definitely on um, Riesling, Chardonnay, and Pinot Gris in terms of whites, I would say, with a bunch of other varieties mixed in, like Blanc, Viognier, uh, Muscat, Chardonnay, Musquet, Gewurz. And then in terms of reds our focus is for sure on cabernet franc it really makes up i'm going to say probably about like 75 percent of our volume or so um wow. in terms of red yeah so you can see our focus is on that for sure but we do little little amounts of uh you know everything else too like merlot cab Sauv, syrah gamay pinot noir and so on and a few other more interesting varieties as well too
0: so this brings me to a quick thought about uh and it's some kind of an aside we should bring Richie on for a little cab front content.
1: We definitely should. Uh, I know we've been that's going to be the, the focus of two guys talking wine for the next little while, but before we go completely off the way off the rails, Richie, how was 2020 as a growing season?
2: Well, I think it was like overall speaking for all varieties, I think it it's it's really strong. Things are looking good. I mean, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but the wines look really good uh, at an early stage. Very promising. Uh, not surprising based on what we had during the year. Like, the year got off to a bit of a slow start, if you remember. Um, are we I mean, talking about the grapes, or are we just talking about in general? Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about um, <laughs> the growing season. <laughs> so so it, it's kind of reflected 2020 as a year, right? Like, coming out in the spring things were definitely very, uh, a little bit delayed. Uh, people thought that bud break would be early in Niagara, but it actually wasn't that early. It was a, I would say it was a little bit delayed. Um, and yeah, going through the growing season, I mean, it was just such a strong year in terms of um, heat and then timely rainfall. There wasn't a ton of disease pressure. And then in, through the fall, the weather was really just fantastic and really let us stretch the harvest out. We didn't have a lot of rain days during harvest which was nice so overall i don't want to say it was like a, an easy year by any means but for niagara it was definitely uh, a strong year
0: now if i remember correctly we did have the most amount of rain that we got was was in october so that didn't affect the harvest in any way
2: no i i not really i mean it was there was rain in october by by that point if i recollect correctly the uh a lot of stuff was off already. We just had some reds to get off at that point. I think for the most part, we did a a lot of our whites towards the end of September this year. And I think we did a couple during the first week of October. Um, But it was really a nice year in terms of getting things off. Um, I don't want to say early in the year, but it, it was a little bit more condensed than some years can get like 2019, for example, I think we started sparkling the second week of September, but then we didn't finish Reds until almost December. Whereas this year, 2020, we really wrapped things up the last week of October. Like I think the last day we picked this year was the 30th of October. Whereas last year it was almost in December.
1: So, the um the question I have then is not not comparing twenty twenty to twenty nineteen because I know last summer was a little bit a little bit I think even cooler than normal. How does twenty twenty compare to I guess the last like blazing hot vintage which would have been twenty sixteen?
2: I think it's a it's uh, in some ways comparable to twenty sixteen, but uh, every vintage in Niagara is unique for sure. We definitely got a later start to twenty twenty. And uh, there was a lot of really a lot of heat in July. Um, But then the fall dried out just like 2016 did. I would say that 2020 is closer to 2016 than, for example, um, 2012, which you had mentioned earlier. And it's also closer to 2016 than 2007, if people remember that far back which was Not really, 2007 yeah yeah or, sorry 2007 which was really one of those years um, for me I think it was like my fourth vintage or something like that and uh, at that point I don't think many people had seen a vintage that hot and that dry and I still don't think there's been one uh, you know just just um, anecdotally I don't think there's been one similar to that since. So so Andre's asked you to compare it to 16. Is there
0: a vintage that you would more compare it to? Like is 2020 similar to, you know, say 15 or, you know, 13 or or something like that? Is there a vintage that you can hark back to and say, you know what, I think it's going to be closer to this vintage than than that vintage?
2: Yeah, I think for I would say I would take answer that in two parts. I think for red wines, um maybe not Pinot included in those, but of the other red wines we're doing, it is closest to 16 um, in terms of timing at harvest and ripeness and things like that. I think from warm vintages we've had in the past, I think people uh, really learned a lot from those. And I think for whites, I would say people got things off earlier this year than they had historically. And so I would I would liken it to maybe 2012, more than 16 um, for whites.
1: Now, are there any obviously when you get a a hot summer and I was telling you this uh, off the microphone, but Michael and I, when we've done some of our blind tastings and our our, our rating of of his cellar, uh, you know, we found that things like Riesling maybe don't hold up quite as well in those super hot summers. They just have a hard time holding on to their acidity or I know. I know we have great winemakers in Niagara, but obviously it's a challenge to hold on to your acid to make sparkling wine in a hot vintage like this. Is there is there any standout like across the board that you think is going to be excellent, whether it's a red or uh, like do you think across the board? Because obviously it was pretty cool in the evenings in, in September. Was it good enough to just help everything hold on to their acidity?
2: Yeah, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there in terms of the winemakers in Niagara. There's a lot of good winemakers in Niagara. And I think a lot of them have learned from those vintages they've worked in the past and maybe picked a little bit earlier uh, for some of the white wines that need to keep that acidity. I also think that uh, you could see the type of year we were having mid year. And if you made adjustments in the vineyard in terms of uh, crop load or leaf pulling, things like that, uh, and maybe you dialed things back just a little bit compared to what you might have done in years where it was a little bit cooler Uh, that would help with a lot of the white wines and people that were uh, paying attention to things like that. I think it, I think it'll pay off quite a bit and I I wouldn't be surprised to see some really, really good sparkling wines and aromatic white wines from this year. I mean, certainly in a warm vintage like this, (laughs) keeping, uh, sorry about that, Uh, keeping the acidity in, in aromatic whites and in, in wines such as Riesling would really definitely be a challenge. And, um, it's something we're dealing with now for sure. Like a few of the wines I think we have are a little bit flabby, uh, in terms of whites. Please tell
1: me you got like flabby Chardonnay on the go.
2: <laughs> Always. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can, I can,
0: t- I can deal with that. <laughs> Yeah, you can deal with flabby Chardonnay. You bathe in Chardonnay.
2: Yeah, but uh, but you know, a lot of the varieties we work with, like Pinot Gris, in terms of whites, Pinot Gris really looks strong. Uh, Chard looks really good, and then in reds, across the board, they're all looking really nice. Like Gamay is really super ripe. Merlot and Cab Franc look great, and then um, varieties that we struggle with in certain years ripening, like Syrah and Cab Sauve also. I'll look quite strong, so it's hard to pick out anything that looks really good. I mean, I think Cab Franc is something we always do in Ontario, and this is a year where uh, you're really going to see it, um, like kind of uh, hit more of those warmer climate characters uh, than it can than it can be in some years, and I think that's a positive for us.
0: So you've kind of stolen my thunder on my last question, which was okay. you said you're you're not it didn't sound like you were you know too super excited about anything but super excited about everything um so i will i will switch gears and kind of ask this question is there anything that you're slightly worried about
2: i think to your guy's point earlier about whites that could fall apart down the line i mean that's always a concern in warm vintages for us and i think it we, we can see it in some of the wines and that's where um, when working with vineyards from different locations and different picking times um, and even different clones uh, when it gets to some of the aromatic whites, I think that's something that uh, we're going to need to look at uh, so that those white wines um, hold up over time and aren't, aren't super flabby uh, and fall apart like they can in the warmer vintages. So that's what I would be somewhat concerned about. I wouldn't be as concerned about, uh, sparkling wines because I think those will actually hang up or, or hold up pretty well. I'm uh, not concerned about the reds at all. If you're working with uh, some of the bigger reds as we are relatively speaking for Niagara, then uh, this is the year for it for sure. And I think you're going to see from 2020, you're not only going to see like the top end wines be really, really good um, and maintain some elegance as well, but you're going to see some stuff um, even under twenty dollars, it's going to probably really surprise some people.
1: Thanks so much for giving us the time, Richie. We're looking forward to tasting your twenty twenties, and uh hopefully, twenty twenty one is just as good a year.
2: Okay, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I,
1: I really, honest to God, feel bad every time I I end up at Fielding because I never go there often enough. I don't think I've ever had a bad wine from Fielding. Um, I, I'm always happy to get my hands on a bottle of uh, Richie's wines. Uh,
0: you know what i I have a bunch of of fielding in the cellar, and I just it's it's one of those wines. When I see it, I go, oh, I could probably go for longer. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, never, I'm just not worried about it. I don't know why. Maybe I should. Maybe I should worry about some of them. No, but, uh, but I mean, it's a, testament, but that, it's a testament to the quality of the winemaking, of course. But I. I I, I think we should be reaching out to uh, to Richie and uh, and and take him up on on uh, a cab franc thing like we did with Featherstone. Yes, see we'll if see what uh, we can do. you know 75 percent of his production in cab franc. That's amazing.
1: That is amazing. Yes, it really is. Um,
0: I, did, I did not realize that.
1: I did not either. Because I mean, look at us
0: learning something new in the new year.
1: Well, I mean, it's pretty, the bar's set pretty low. You and I are both kind of uh, dunderheads here, so learning something (laughs) new is, is, I mean, the name of the game here. We're hoping people at least learn something from the podcast. You're learning along with us. Why is the sky blue? All right. It's Hooked on Phonics, Niagara style. All righty. Um, so anyways, let's just talk a bit about how you can support the podcast real quick. Um, if you haven't visited our Patreon site, uh, Patreon made some changes. You can now contribute in Canadian dollars. So if you thought about contributing and maybe didn't want to deal with the fluctuation of the dollars, go to patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. Uh, you know, even two bucks a month is something you can uh, commit to. And we really appreciate the support. Um, it doesn't take a lot of money for us to keep this going, but uh, we very much appreciate it. All the support that we do
0: get. Uh, And we can put the money in the education fund.
1: Well, or the swear jar. I don't know if anyone saw, but we did actually follow through with our commitment. We donated our swear jar and and my wife, Anya, did send her $20 contribution for dropping an F-bomb during the Psalm Blinders podcast. Speaking of which... Which
0: reminds me, you can still get Psalm Blinders cards.
1: Yeah, blindersgame.com. Use the promo code 2GTW to everyone who bought those cards. We really appreciate it. Don't know when we're going to get a chance to get together, and actually play the game again face to face when it's not cold outside. But hopefully, hopefully soon.
0: It'd be, it'd be good. I wonder if you could do it remotely. Probably not.
1: I don't think it works which, like that because you have to. Which would it. which would be too bad. Yes, it would be. Anyways, I'm Andre Peru from AndreWineReview.ca, uh, and you can check out my website AndreWineReview.ca. I think I already said that. I'm repeating myself now. Go ahead, Michael. I'm clearly out of it
0: now he is in a lockdown brain which means his brain is locked down and he can't think of anything else i'm michael Pinkus of michael Pincus, although andre i did find out i also own michael Pincuswinerview.ca. well that's How about good. that well take us away then all righty i can be found as the great guy or michael Pincus on various social media andre this has been fun looking forward to the next one good night Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This episode
1: of Two Guys Talking Wine was produced by Jim Ray and Adam Duran.